I thought I'd uh, put in a little, a slightly different opening that I think is the, Walter, I think is the, um, correct me if I'm wrong to say that this is probably the chant that most of F1 likes to say these days. Well, well, yeah, I'd agree with that. They would like to be chanting that, but I, I would imagine that clip is not from this week because after the qualifying today, likely no one is chanting that, unfortunately. And interestingly, as I heard that come on through the uh, headphones here, it sounded a little bit Ted Lasso-esque. It reminded me of something <laughs> we might have heard in Ted Lasso. That show, yeah. Yeah, Alonso didn't have the greatest qualifying today here at Barca's home race at Barcelona, but that chant may be changed to something like, oh, Carlos, uh, like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Because Carlos Sainz today. He, he did do did, very, very well, especially in comparison to or contrast to his teammate. Oh, we'll talk about <laughs> old Charles Leclerc. He, that guy just seems to not have a good uh, a good chance just just and just in general from I'm, did you see his uh the like videos of him trying to fish his airpods out one time and yeah that was like a month or two months ago yeah, yeah. and then yeah. there was another one where he like was trying to get his phone and then there was like another thing to monaco where he like yeah. dropped like i don't he dropped a drink and like, the guy just seems to have something go wrong for him every weekend yeah if, and, if you recall the sad keanu memes that used to be around <laughs> I, I, or the sad ben affleck memes i, I wonder if we're going to start seeing uh something similar with uh with Charles Leclerc because you know we know he's fast uh, but he's just not able to put it together it seems these days obviously the car is different and there were substantial upgrades at Barcelona that that Ferrari in Barcelona looks very different than the one in Monaco Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. worse arguably in my opinion it looks worse you would hope it would be faster and I guess for Carlos it was so yeah lots to talk about this morning it was a very interesting qualifying again maybe not as exciting as monaco but i think that's more of the difference in venue although it was exciting in barcelona the changes to the track there's you know that to talk about the class the um, kind of reverted back to the classic way quite classic um, almost uh yeah I think traditional 20 yeah. some years ago i think was that yeah. configuration yeah they yeah. changed it in 2007 Okay, so um, not quite 20. Yeah. But I think Fernando is the only driver on the grid who has driven that configuration. Yeah, the original so, configuration. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, he definitely is. Of course, we, you know, we're kind of jumping the gun here because we have our, our drinks. Here we go. It or seemed to work pretty well last week, yeah, so uh, let's try it again. That's, that's a spicy one. There you go. Cheers. Yours Cheers. was very spicy. <laughs> Yummy. That is our um, our drink of today, which is a specific bovine based uh, <laughs> yes, energy drink. A colorful bovine based drink <laughs> that tastes like <laughs> apples and jet fuel for yeah. me. I don't yeah. know. What it, it, it sounds like exactly. That's just how I describe it to people. Like, what do you like? What What do you like about Red Bulls? Like, they taste like apples, apple juice, and jet fuel combined. I don't know what jet fuel tastes like by itself, but I imagine it's very similar to this. Makes sense. <laughs> so, I, I, it's a good analogy. Yeah. It's probably what they give that that car for making it go so unbelievably fast. It's um, and you know they're saying it could have gone faster. So yeah. um, you know yeah, pole position, no it, surprise. Yeah, half a second faster than anybody, and he said he had more in the bag, and I believe him. I think he could have got into the one elevens. I think he was. I think he was expecting to on that last lap. Yeah, uh, we're talking about, of course, Max Verstappen. I think because he 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 bailed out of it uh, because they knew that they didn't need to. Yeah, they didn't exactly. Yeah, they didn't need to push it, but. Um, yeah, if, um, just every, I feel like every week, like, I, I, I want to be saying this about Lewis and about Fernando more, but, mm-hmm. and about just other drivers, but it is, and it sounds like, and that's, that's the hater in me. Um, but 
the 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 person who the person who loves the sport and who loves the excellence factor. Yeah. What excellence we're yep. getting from Max yeah. this year? From well, and and the car, the team, not necessarily his teammate anymore, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah we'll 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 get to Paris, um, but just from he looks connected. The team is connected when he's in the, when he's in the 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 garage. He comes out of it from the moment he exits that pit lane to when he crosses the line for his flying laps. He is absolutely on point with with everything. He is getting to the the apexes and the 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 racing line to the exact millimeter yeah. of that track. Obviously, it's Barcelona. Everyone has everyone on this grid has driven this since they were in their karting days. This is this is their one of the the most classic tracks in modern F one, so yeah they know it. But like Max just seemed to know it even better than everyone. And, yeah, and it showed the the term I use with him uh, dialed in. He's just Absolutely. dialed into that car. The car is dialed into the circuit, no matter which one it is. It seems you know high speed, low speed. It just seems to be dialed in everywhere. And if anyone's wondering, you know why we're talking about Barcelona and the drivers having so much experience there. It traditionally was the uh, the track or the circuit used for preseason testing. Uh, wasn't the case, I guess, this year. Yeah. But traditionally, that was the case. So, well, and and back in the day when testing was essentially unlimited, you know, you'd have teams doing hundreds of laps there on the weekends. So. You'd have teams flying back in, yeah. when there was when there was uh, like the the weekend splits. The when they would the two week the two the week on week off they'd fly back and do testing at Barcelona yeah and it was put one in of those hundreds like, of laps yeah between and, races yeah and because <laughs> it's one of the I think there's the the old proverb of uh, of if you can ace Barcelona you can ace anywhere because right. every single track has something that Barcelona has as well or yeah. Barcelona has something that every single track has. I think is the more correct way because it was made in 1992. Yeah, these one, days so. I think it lacks some of the elevation changes of uh, some of the newer tracks, like Austin, for example. Yeah, um, Monaco. Yeah, which is a really good elevation yeah. one. But other, but that's generally good. speaking, yeah, you're right, 100. percent Yeah, and it's nice because we finally we were going to get it in Imola, but we finally get permanent track. We, mm, we were, yeah, we're, right. We're on the world tour of permanent tracks until yeah. pretty much the end of July. Um, I think that there might be one street circuit thrown in there. I think well, maybe Singapore is thrown in there, but Mon- I think Montreal, Montreal is an, kind of a street circuit. It's a road course, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it's not like it's kind of like a pseudo. It's yeah, like a yeah. Mix of both, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess okay. I, I'll I'll take that point. But it's still but it's a, not like Monaco. It's not yeah. as you know. But it's still it's kind of like Mission, where it's a road course. It's the type of tarmac and and everything that um or not so much not even tarmac, but yeah. it's still a permanent fixed location yeah i'm not sure I, I think i thought parts of it were used maybe but yeah nevertheless it's uh, at the very least a road course uh or a hybrid street track but uh, yeah. you're right we're, we're definitely moving into that part of the season where we're seeing the more traditional tracks yeah. yeah yeah so starting from the top we'll go down uh we'll go from the top all the way down as we always do on qualifying episodes so we got of course the lion max verstappen with his red bull rb8 rb19 with a qual a final qualifying lap of a 112 112.272 i love a good palindrome uh, at, the, at the end there so uh, i respect yeah, that at the end sure yeah <laughs> and uh like like we were saying Absolutely dialed in, on point with everything. Um, kind of funny that he didn't set the fastest qual Q one, but he didn't. I don't think he really needed to. Well, the track there was so much you know going on on the track with the weather. You know, it, it yeah. started. 
I guess, dry, but then as soon as they started going, it there was some, some in, water on the track, especially in, one turn. I forget which in, one, but uh, there was almost a puddle <laughs> there, yeah, and, and yeah. a lot of drivers went off, and then it started raining properly, That was and then FP3. it was drying. What was that FP3? FP3, they, oh, sorry. it rained. Yeah. They, they went on, and then it rained oh, I, a see, little bit. I watched FP3 this morning, too, so I guess oh, I've, really? I've, I've conflated <laughs> oh, them in man. my mind. So, uh, uh, yeah. But I think there was still a lot of track evolution uh in uh q1 and so yeah he yeah and the only cars and i i mentioned this before we went on air the only cars in q1 that were in the 112s were the mercedes so yeah. they sort of seemed to i mean they were steady uh throughout especially for lewis um but yeah they the, as you said max was not uh the quickest in in q1 but didn't need yeah. to be yep definitely so yeah max with uh definitely did not need to be he didn't he actually bailed out of his last lap going in because he didn't really need to do it in Q3. He already had it, didn't bother. So we were actually talking before we went on air too because we think, like you and I are both saying that we think that there's probably more pace in there. He's probably going to pull it out. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that his the second uh, P2, which who is Carlos Sainz with a 112.734, with a new Ferrari, uh, a Mark II version of uh, stuff with some pretty massive upgrades. Um, Sainz is going to have some some trouble keeping up i think that sadly i think this is very much going to be a by lap three first half and we'll have a five second lead on him and you just can't <laughs> catch yeah he, Verstappen's in the front yeah he's got the he's got a front loaded car the way he likes it he's got sure. a front loaded racetrack the way he likes them he can he can barrel through those corners he's got all the clean air he's got he's got cold clean air from the sounds of it yeah i mean unless it's unless it's raining yeah but he's he's good in the wet too although we don't know much about that car in the wet yeah. uh you know there are drivers who are better than others in the wet there are drivers that are better than others in the dry as well of course yeah, in general uh, but there are also cars that you know when they move to a wet weather setup because you know for the, for any listeners who may not know it it's not just the tires that are changed but they do change the uh, the angle on the front wing a little bit when they go to the wet tire especially when they go to the extreme wet or the full wet or just the wet tire mm-hmm. and there's an intermediate tire that's not quite as aggressive of, of a tread pattern so you know we don't really know what that that particular red bull is like in the wet mm-hmm. um i don't think we've had a full wet race have we i mean we've had some rain no, we've never yeah you know, we've, ne- we've never had a rain a rainy race. Right, right. Yeah, so so. There, there's that to consider. But, you know, is it is it too early to start talking about, and I think people already are, the undefeated season for Red Bull? I don't think it is. I think I think that by, what was the third, what was the third race? Australia? Uh, Australia was the third race, right? I, I can, well, why we am have, I asking? We have that? the world's biggest library yeah. right in front of us. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay, Australia. So was third, yeah. I would say by Australia. It it's it's kind of it was it's clear they're yeah. just so and I, and I I agree I I actually agree with what Mercedes is saying what uh, even Fred Vasseur is saying and and obviously I mean everyone's kind of like we got to find ways to pull them back no I I'm I'm on the side Not of in the regs no. no yeah and I'm saying like I don't think they need to change I don't yes, like I, I don't th- I think the FIA my I know I've always been one to say like change some of the regulations up that um, I think my stance has always been they need to be clear. And the FIA and F1 need to f- be clear on what their overall objective is as a sport and yeah. as a league. Yeah. But the regulations about dominance should not change. The, the whole point of it is that a team should become dominant and then 
other teams have to catch That's up. That's got to drag the other teams up. Yeah I, yeah, I I completely concur. Earlier when we were talking about Max, you mentioned, you know, it's the hater in you. You said it, I think, sort of facetiously. <laughs> but what would you feel? How would you feel, rather, about a, a Red Bull undefeated season? I mean, why wouldn't I be excited about that? It's, it's excellent. It's pretty right? cool. It's it's cool to have that. It's, it's, it's never been done. Yeah. Uh, the closest was 1988. And so, of course, I have to go back to my origin story. 1988, the first race I ever attended in uh, Germany, the Hockenheim Grand Prix, that season, the McLaren car, the MP44, uh, went 15 of 16. Yeah. And the only race it lost was the Italian Grand Prix, and it oh. lost to Ferrari. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's the only one you really want to lose. So, yeah. Well, you never want to lose, but yeah, no, the, that's I mean, definitely like, the one that Ferrari wants to win. Yeah, like if you're going to lose one, lose but Monza if, to if, Ferrari. If you want to talk about <laughs> but, conspiracy theories, I mean, <laughs> that yeah. car was so fast, and the only race it loses was is, the is in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a, and what Ferrari a wins? I mean, I, I'm not saying that, but it's just fun to I talk I mean, Ferrari is known to... To kind of squeak in a little cheating every now and then, right? Well, you look, we'll you say look at creative the creative application of the rules. You know what? I like that. <laughs> that is my. That I'm going to have to write that down. Creative or application even, of the rules. Yeah. yeah. My Baba used to uh, rest, rest her soul. Uh, my my Baba used to kind of say to me, "It's not cheating until you get caught. Well, until you then, it's strategizing." And it's like that, that's. And I was like. Baba, that's not what you're supposed to tell your grandson. So it's whatever. <laughs> and it depends in what field. I think, yeah. you know, in, in something like sport and especially F1, I think that is sort of, you know, literally, the, if you've ever seen the regulations, and I know you've looked into some of them when we we're talking about the porpoising and that, um, you know, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for loopholes mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to exploit those loopholes. Mm -hmm. Like Ross Braun did in 2009 when he bought the Honda team and launched Braun GP and really brought that double diffuser. You know, mm -hmm. no one else saw that or no one else thought. That. Well, actually, that's not true. Toyota and Williams also did have a double diffuser that year, but not nearly as uh, aggressive as the Braun car. So Toyota that year, Williams and Braun, they saw that loophole and they exploited it. But Braun just did it better. Yeah. I mean, and even like Mercedes with the MGU-H when they first came in. They had a different MGU-H design yeah. Yeah, than anyone yeah, that fixed everything turbo, yeah. that... Oh, that that not fixed everything, but that gave them such a big leg up that the other teams essentially had to emulate. Sure, um, because there was a borderline loophole and, in, in in the thing what, that allowed them to design it differently. What, what was the Mercedes system where they could actually push the steering wheel in and pull yeah, it out? Yeah, it was a suspension a pass or das no, or maybe das. I, I think it was das, but it was a really cool thing. Yeah. It eventually got taken out. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was I think 2019. Yeah. Yeah. It got taken. It got pulled out very very yeah. quickly. Yeah, um, but you could when you would go into certain corners you could pull it up pull it push it up push it down uh pull it up push it down and that would change the slight layout like that it would move the tires ever like by a millimeter like millimeters and even fractions of millimeters so they would get slightly different grip uh and so that way if lewis was going into a different into a let's say just say lewis, lewis and valtteri were going into a slower corner yeah. they could push in to change the tire grip to match a push in to yeah, they, a, a slow corner or pull out in a higher corner to match to, to a faster corner to, to, to do it. Yeah, I just looked it up. It was DAS, D-A-S, and it was an acronym standing for dual axis steering. So, of course, a steering wheel, I hope all of our listeners know, you turn it left, you go left, you turn it right, you go right. Typically. But this steering wheel, yeah, typically, yeah. hopefully. Sometimes you spin a little bit. Yeah, but like, fair yeah, enough. But typically, you, you do that. And But this steering wheel also had the DAS system for Mercedes also had something similar to like an airplane yoke. 
And now if you've never driven an airplane still, you've probably seen it in the movies where you, you know, you push the airplane yoke sort of uh, away from you to pitch the nose down and you pull it towards you to pitch the nose up. And, and I don't know if it pitched the car, but that's what the steering wheel on the Mercedes did. You could push it in and pull it out at the same time. Mm-hmm. That ultimately was banned. If we want to give some uh, homework to Mariange, you guys, we should do an episode on some of those innovations. Uh, I, taken out. Yeah, I remember back in the day, the F-duct. Do you remember that one? It was probably 2008, 2009. Oh, and it oh. literally required drivers to take their hand off the steering wheel to cover this sort of opening in the cockpit that would then vent air differently it was like a yeah almost yeah, a precursor to drs but it wasn't you know drs was sanctioned by formula one the f duct was just the team's finding a loophole and it's the it's the most interesting thing in the world if you see just you know search for f duct i did the letter it, was f. On, it was on the top of um yeah. it was yeah, on the top of cars specifically mclaren had it yeah, I forget um, who kicked it off. Maybe it was McLaren. I thought Renault, but McLaren yeah. had McLaren from the looks of it had the most um, obvious F F duct uh, because it was on the top of the like right right before the driver cockpit, right? And it was the only one that didn't like you were saying. Everyone else is usually came in through, and the drivers would would block it to not get air pushed into them. Right, but uh, McLaren had one that would sit on top of the car, collect the air, and go around and then mm-hmm. into the main kind of so cooling chamber. You so, used to see drivers, yeah. they'd be driving, and they'd have to take their left hand off the wheel on the straights, and they would press the back of their hand against this opening, and that would close that and make a make a channel for the air to go to the back wing and stall the wing. So essentially like DRS, but not moving the wing. Yeah, it was like um, early DRS. It so was like an early like attempt at we, it. We've gone yeah. way off course, but uh, there you go. Our Marianne, there's two for you. You can do DAS and the F-duct, and there's the fan cars and the six-wheeled cars. There are so many innovations that were you know, brought to the brought out, but then eventually banned. So that 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 itself would be a fun episode. Yeah. Speaking of innovations, uh, you might be at listeners, and you know, Walter, you and I were probably would typically think number P three for who qualified would be either our our guy, this the Andalusian, the Wyatt, the Fox, Fernando Alonso, right, or Sergio Perez, yep, or maybe Hamilton, sure, or. Uh, who, who maybe George, Jordan, George. Yep. The, the, One of the usual Claire. suspects yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. Leclerc, of course. We'd say maybe Leclerc. that's a bad qualifying for Leclerc because yeah. he's yeah. been on pole so much in his previous seasons. But, but we don't get that. We instead get Lando Norris and his McLaren, the 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 pig that can fly. You know who else was surprised that Lando was in P three? Lando. Lando. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, <laughs> yeah. You, did you hear the onboard? <laughs> Wait, Af- what? After? Yeah. <laughs> Just, They're yeah. like. Lando, that's P3. And he's like, really? really? Still? (laughs) Yeah, he was just (laughs) totally surprised. He wasn't celebrating at all, which to me, you know, I think it was last week. I also mentioned that he he was so dejected last week. And even this week, he gets P3 and he didn't seem excited. Now, I get it. He wasn't expecting it, but that's part of the problem. He doesn't expect that car or him in that car to perform well. So when he gets P3 today, no cheering, and he's just surprised by it. Now, I yeah. can understand being surprised, but you should still, I would think, celebrate. Yeah, but I think I think at some point when like when you're so surprised, you don't celebrate because you Fair. just like, am, I, yeah. am I dreaming? Am I yeah. not? But he he absolutely like you know, he qualified with a 112 uh 112.792 in Q3. Q2, he he got into Q3 with a 112.776. 
so it's faster in Q2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone was going crazy in, in Q2. Uh, and then Q, Q1 was a 113.295. So has always been... <coughs> Excuse me. I, that's that's that burp is going to catch into the into the system. I'm going to have to edit that one out in post. But radio radio listeners get the get the fun live stuff. So, anyways, so Q1 was obviously his slowest, but right on that threshold of of the, he'd right on the doorway of of the 112s, and then breaks into the 112s from Q Q2 on. So the, the McLaren seemed to really really enjoy this track and this new layout. I think I think the every driver really enjoyed uh, the layout of this new track um not not new track but you know the new layout of yeah yeah you're right they they did and and why wouldn't they because for anyone who doesn't know what they did this year is they removed a chicane now a chicane essentially uh, two sharp corners in succession a left and a right or a right and a left meant to slow the cars down Mm -hmm. so you know there were many years in formula one typically you know two three four years after a regulation change the cars get too fast. They get dangerously fast. So the FIA steps in and says, well, we need to slow the cars down. And sometimes they'll change a regulation to slow the cars down, uh, or and that will affect them at all the circuits, of course. Uh, but sometimes they'll just change individual circuits to slow them down. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's counterintuitive. It's a race car. You want it to go faster, but mm-hmm. safety is uh, paramount. So... They put in this chicane to slow the cars down at this particular circuit in Barcelona. I know you and uh, Marianne were talking about pronunciation of Monaco. So yeah. I think the, the, the Spanish pronunciation of Barcelona, Barcelona I think, has a yeah, different uh, sound. A little, yeah. um, but nevertheless, so they removed the chicane. They made two fast sweeping corners. And the drivers, of course, being racing drivers, enjoy it more because it's faster. Yeah. You know, they can shave off about roughly six seconds. Yeah. And that that's a really good point because I often like to compare lap times from previous seasons to see if how the cars are improved and how drivers have uh, changed relative to their own performance. But this year it doesn't help because yeah. last year's circuit was slower. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, they, they, they had, when I was watching it, they had a last, last year's pull time, Charles Leclerc with the 118. And actually, yeah. I was actually going to text you. I was actually crapping the message. <laughs> This is really going to screw up your, your <laughs> car, car lap. Yeah, no, I, I have it in my notes. I'm like, uh, my note actually says, uh, reconfigured track, so comparative times moot. Yeah, <laughs> that's exa- that's uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I I you're 100 correct on that. I, I was actually like, yeah, I was thinking like, wow, how do we even bring this up now? Yeah, but um, yeah, nor but. I, I gotta say, I think they need to just keep the triple crown livery because that seems to be letting them do well. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, actually what was I think it was when I was watching practice yesterday. Uh, one of the guys was saying, uh, one of the F1 TV guys was uh, it was it was Palmer, okay, uh, Joey jo- yeah. jo- Palmer, yeah, was former like, driver. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, actually, I watched. Uh, they were actually putting on like clasp. Uh, like older and classic Barcelona clips, and yep. they had him with with Renault. Okay, when he was in his Renault days, like yep. when they when they messed up the car, and he, he was saying, "Please take this one off. I don't remember he, this moment." He was <laughs> also in a team, I think, called Spiker. Did he not race for Spiker? Um, I think that he did. So uh, we we can look that up. They were sure. a, a team on the grid for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, but Zach Brown. Was he was there. Here. He seemed to be. He happy. seemed pretty happy. He was high fiving people because think, he got into P three. <laughs> you know, look at the way his cars got into Q three. The way he was high fiving people, I, I thought he was going to break someone's hand. Oh, he. Yeah. You know, he's a big guy. Fair enough, but just he was just a, just high, like he was happy. But I thought like, 
okay, like, okay, I just a moment ago was kind of chastising uh, Norris for not celebrating, and now I'm chastising Zach Brown for maybe celebrating too much. So uh, happy uh, medium. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, whatever. It's 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 all funny games. It's it's also like just I think I gen- I generally think that Norris was just shocked. Oh, he, he just didn't have no idea what to was, even say. But that but, I think itself does not speak well of that team. Like you know, he's he's surprised. Oh my goodness, we did well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> You know, and his teammate, right? uh, I think his teammate Piastri, and we'll get to him eventually, I know. Uh, but, you know, he, what, he qualified 10th. What I noticed in today's qualifying... You are right, 10th. There was a lot of, um, a big discrepancy between teammates. Like, almost every team... It was, it was um, very much, if, you, if you're on the top, you're on the bottom. Yeah, the, that's total, right. Like that's right. And kind of, it kind of funny. It was an atypical quality. We had Stroll out qualifying Alonso. We had yeah. Joe Guangyu out qualifying Botas. Uh, and there seemed to be big gaps between the teammates. So yeah. it's, it was and, really and interesting. Bottas, Bottas had a really good time. And they they were fast originally. in practice. Yeah. They, the they were, and maybe we've jumped ahead. My my apologies, but uh, yeah, just so many interesting factors to today's qualifying. Yeah. And then after Lando Norris, we got in P4, Pierre Gasly. For now. For now. We, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, you know, we were talking about this, like, what what do you do? And I think you said it really well where you said, like, it's tough because you kind of, the driver has to kind of take the penalty, even if it's on a team thing. I I don't know. Uh, I, I I feel like uh, who um, Martin Brundle uh, for Sky Sports said it really well, which mm. is, it should be more of a team fine. It really shouldn't be that much of a penalty to, to Gasly because Gasly didn't, he impeded in a way, but he didn't stop Max Verstappen from setting pole. True. He didn't stop Carlos Sainz yeah, the, of that. That's right. There was always enough room for there. The only times was just more mainly where he was situated, sure. but that's also on the team to say, you have these people on a hot lap coming after you. Sure. Coming, coming, not after, coming behind you, move to the side. That's yeah. also on the FIA who I want to talk about this later because I usually like to talk about the newsy stuff, with, uh, not not with marriage, but but with you because you and I very much are on top of it. But the FIA, FIA was put into question by Gunter earlier, and this is very <laughs> yeah. much like the FIA. And it's not, that's an FIA to... Well, the stewards pull, in the, particular in Monaco, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the, the stewards in the FIA to wave blue flags for people to and let mm-hmm. people know these these teams are on hot laps. Yeah. And maybe that's just what needs to happen. Better Like better communication across the radio channels to so that teams know um, who, when they are. And typically from my understanding, there's always been, it's tough because that would, that would get rid of some of the mind games that I love because mm-hmm. there, there have been times where not telling the team, other teams, I'm going, this, our driver is going on a hot, hot lap or a flying lap means that none of them are prepared for, for to, to watch what happens. Right. And the, whoa, how they can't guess it. Yeah. But, in these times of safety, the cars are so much faster. You're making the track faster. All positive, great things. Sure. Needs to be better communications for safety, too, then. Yeah. I mean, generally, I think the teams do a pretty good job of alerting their drivers as to who may be coming up behind them on a hot lap. Uh, I think what happened in this one case, at least one of the two instances, uh, either for George, because George had some problems, too. And George, is moving <laughs> up. George is trying to move out of his way of science. Of science, yeah, I, I think, think that might have been the one then because the team did tell him there's a Ferrari behind you, 
but there were two Ferraris behind him. That, that was Gasly. That, that was at the beginning. Oh, so, yeah, okay. so that was, yeah. so was Gasly where he said, there's a so, Ferrari behind you. And then they just didn't So he moved onto the way for that Ferrari. And then as that Ferrari passed, he got back on the racing line. But the problem was there was a second Ferrari behind the first yeah. Ferrari. And so. he did. And I think I think they say that he may have caused maybe a tenth. Yeah. Not, like science and, to be a, maybe a tenth slower. But then science got it back. Almost he did two outlaps and then got it back sure. again. So did Gasly impede? questionably mm. yeah but like not really but i think the rules are did if he impede did, yeah <laughs> it's yeah, not exactly. did that in, did that imposition have an effect on the result and but if it does then they can apply a bigger penalty right yeah. so a typical impeding penalty currently is i, I believe typically three grid pla- <laughs> three grid you, places you hold four, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's right? uh, looked it up but it's usually three to five depending on like, right what happens. well yeah. that's the thing if it's if it's impeding and that imposition causes someone to not set a time then they can add an additional two places make it a five place there's also penalty points associated with these penalties go mm-hmm. figure right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and gasly is uh, i think he's like, at eight uh, and i think it's i think he's nine for twelve Okay, if you get to 12, you yeah. get a race suspension. Yeah. So he, he wouldn't be able to race for one race if he yeah. gets up to 12 points. Yes. So, But I think, so this is what I'm not sure. Because when I looked up the spin, it doesn't necessarily say a race weekend mm-hmm. or like he just, they just say a race session. So I mm-hmm. think you can still qualify and still practice. But, but I would, I would assume, yeah, I would assume the team it's the wouldn't full do weekend. that. I, I'm assuming it is the full weekend, even if it's not, if it is just the actual race, which I'm 99% sure it's not. The team wouldn't have him qualify that car and then put someone else in to drive it for the race. Yeah, it does make any yeah, sense. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, kind of does if you know that. They can I mean, do we better. should actually just check right now if he's got that penalty yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I actually was looking it up. Keyboard, like yeah. I was just search uh, Gasly penalty. I, I was I was looking up P four S. No, just double. Oh yeah. With, with double grid place penalty. There you go. What? For Gasly? No, G- Gasly's P4 at risk with a double grid place penalty looming. This is oh, looming, a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, double. So, yeah, he's. I think he's on the hook for two um, max counts in, of impeding. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've called out signs of the max yeah. later on. And I think one of them is everyone's calling it a slam dunk. Yeah, the other so he, one, he people could, are saying it could go either way. Yeah, he could potentially be started in P10 or P11. Yeah, with two, if not three, penalty points. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. So he so would he'd be sitting out in Canada. And and the question but. the question that we're having or the discussion that we're having the question that we've raised is when does it have to be a team penalty, which is usually a fine, which is money that goes I think back to the FIA, and when is it a driver penalty? Now, you know uh, the thing is, and I can I can very clearly see times when it's the team's fault, right? But if you don't penalize the team with something that actually hurts them in the race, you're not really hurting them because these teams, you know, they have a lot of money. And so, like, for example, uh, an unsafe release, right? An unsafe release is usually maybe both. Um, I think it's usually a fine. A fine. And no, I think it's also a time penalty, is it not? During the race, a five-second, you know, time penalty added to your time or sometimes a stop and go. Yeah. So you have to come in and, you know, you can't work on the car. Which I think... So I, if it was just a fine, then... Because it is the team's responsibility to lift the lollipop as it used to be, but now turn on the green light and let the driver 
oh, exit the, the, the pit. The lollipop is still there sometimes. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen one. There's the front jack person, but I don't yeah. think there's a lollipop which, person I anymore. I'm not sure if you listened to the episode before this, but I was telling you, I would love to be the front jack Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were joking about you could fall into <laughs> Hamilton's lap. Yeah, yeah I, I do I, listen. Uh, you know, I just, I just want to say. Yeah. You know, that's so, the penalty to it, but I, I just, the front jack would just look so cool. I, I, I think uh, that a, a, a team penalty that doesn't have any effect on the position of the car is not really a penalty. And yeah. so there are very few instances, I think, where that is the best case. I totally get it. There are times when it's not the driver's fault, but unless you penalize the team on a way in a way that hurts them on the track, they're not going to stop doing it because they want the advantage on the track. You could look at it the other way. It's not a it's not a penalty. It's not a financial penalty. That's just the cost of doing business. Oh, it only costs us twenty five thousand dollars to get three tenths by releasing him, you know, unsafely. Oh, twenty. That's cheap compared yeah. to the cost of you know wind tunnel See, testing like, and everything else. Yeah, unsafe release. I can. Yeah, that agree. maybe is not that's, the best example. No, but. I think it's a fair one though because I think I think that it's. Uh, it still can be a like, well, I didn't hurt someone, right? But I could have, yeah. right? It's it's. I think it's a little bit more on the like, uh, on the actual pretty cautionary, sure. or like, like, I think it's a bigger example compared to and, impeding. And after all, it is a team but, sport, as I always like to say, and I think you you know you like that too. Uh, it was interesting. Tom Holland in Monaco uh, was interviewed, and he said that's what he liked about F one. That he liked the team sport nature of it, and and for me, that's a big part of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, penalize the team. Well, then that's not really penalizing the driver. Yeah, and the driver's See, part of the team. So, well, I, I was thinking on the way in. If you're not going to penalize necessarily a grid a grid placement, why not penalize it? Here's your fine. You pay your fine, but that fine comes out of upgrading budget. So yeah, you still but again, because ten thousand, because ten twenty five thousand pounds or yeah, U.S. dollars yeah. may not seem a lot. Right. When you look into upgrades, that's up. a wheel well yeah, change. Maybe uh, upgrade if a part breaks. That's a that's you take away twenty five thousand dollars. Well, that's the difference between say a rear wing or front wing upgrade, which might be one maybe two tenths yeah. off your race pace, sure. a faster race pace, versus a three hundred thousand dollar floor mm. new floor which would increase it by sometimes half a second yeah so it that kind of impedes it so that that can be yeah. where, where it gets taken I, into it affect it affects your 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 upgrading and performance budgeting i think that's that would be that would be a huge fight with the teams if right. that happened but i think that just needs to be a very that's again kind of our our overall theme of the fia yeah. which is just make it clear don't make sure. it a questionable rule, rule of when get when does it apply, when doesn't it? Well, and that's what Gunther Steiner had brought up, you know, and, and ironically, for his comments or even criticism of the stewards in Monaco, he's been called into the stewards. Yeah, he has yeah. to go. He has to go. <laughs> he has to, he has to go to the people he made. He has he to go talk to the it. principal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's which Christian Horner either earlier this year or late last year. Same thing happened to him. He he had some critical remarks of the stewards. Got called into the stewards. And was um, given a penalty of having to do like some sort of community service or something. Yeah, they were talking yeah. about that, which yeah. I think he like was like a day of community service. Which yeah. I think that, that'd be hilarious. I wish I just wish more things. I think that I wish that was the penalty that the te- the entire team has to give money and do community and service. come on the F world. Yeah, they have oh to phone into the F world. Oh, please, Pierre yeah, make, make them phone <laughs> into like you know these third tier uh, podcasts. No, exactly. no offense, but no, literally no, I, that's who we are. No, no, no I, I I love being the third tier <laughs> yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. Um, but okay, so moving on from Gasly because we'll be, we'll talk more about him when we get into P seven with Esteban Ocon. Sure. But moving on from Gasly and P five, one sorry two thousandths mm-hmm. thousandths yes. of a second behind. 
Gasly. We have yeah. behind Gasly. We have Lewis Hamilton in his Mercedes W14 Mark II, as I'm calling it, because sure. it's not a B spec car. You know, a lot of you spec cars. And he qualified with a 112.818 behind Gasly's 112.816. But like you said, Walt, uh, yeah, well, like you said, first car to break the one into the 112s. So Q1, 112.937. Yep. Q2, a bit slower, the 112.999, 999, repeating, and then 112.1. Yeah, he, he seems to be doing better, I think, in that car, getting more out of it, perhaps. Although he's still, to, in my opinion, not speaking that highly of the car. He's, he, I, I remember a team radio in, in this quali or maybe practice uh, where he said the drivability is not there. So mm-hmm. the car seems to be quicker, um, but he's still maybe not happy with it. But that's kind of Lewis. Like he all, in races, he'll always say that, "Oh, these tires are terrible, man." And, and then, then he'll, he'll set the best. Lap time yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so you know, he's maybe trying to manage expectations uh, to the world and to the team and to himself. But yeah. the proof's in the pudding. You know, he's I mean, up there in uh, P five. It's pretty good. Um, you know the the top six is is what did we say earlier? There's six teams in the top six. Yeah, it's, so it's that's absolutely that's impressive. Great. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm still of this. I'm still of the th- of the. Maybe it's just because I will, I love the idea because you know you you and I were talking about the Ferrari upgrades and how the car doesn't look necessarily better. Oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of. It looks it's like, atrocious. Yeah, it's yeah le- it just looks really. It looks like too many concepts the, at once. But yeah, and it looks. Like comparatively, compared it looks to hastily done, which I'm sure it was. Yeah, probably <laughs> right. Compared to say the way that Mercedes did their side pods, their yeah. side pod upgrades, not nearly as of mm. as nice nice of a job. But um, I'm still kind of of the. I think the new side pods and and new kind of floor design, everything is working. The front suspension definitely is working for the Mercedes. For the Mercedes, okay. so yes. Um, and it's kind of ironic that. Before Lewis was saying that he had no connection in the rear end, right. in the rear, and he couldn't get like any major power, and then now most of his feedback has been, I, "I'm getting too much." Okay, like in the rear, like the rear seems to be really wild on with mm. with Lewis and uh, on the and same with George, which I think is kind of the funny problem, the the ironic and funny problem is that sure. they, they couldn't connect to it, and now they're almost like too connected, where they're thinking there might be too much of a problem. But Lewis definitely seems more confident in taking the car into the high speed corners and into the slow and and, sp- and accelerating out of slow corners um he seems to be they, they seem to be more confident in braking slight some slight porpoising everyone seemed to have some slight not just the mercedes but everyone seemed to have some slight porpoising into that sure. final turn uh turn 13 uh into the uh, onto the home straight but compared to definitely last year but compared to what i think other teams were kind of doing it seemed that Lewis was able to really steer into, uh, except for really Max. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I think just pace wise and where it is, it's not much different than I think the zero side pod was. Like they're still yeah. In we, P5. we talked about yeah. We talked we talked about that in Monaco. Their times weren't that different. They were faster, but they were less. The increase was less than the other teams had increased uh, over the previous year, at least. So. Um, in Monaco, and I, I haven't looked this year uh, if they're fast because it's it's a moot point, as I said, if they're fast or not because the track has changed. But let me let me make your day. Besides the Red Bull that I brought in this week, but you brought it last week, let me make your day. I'm going to predict P2 for Lewis Hamilton in the race. Oh, oh. don't don't give me hope. That's my That's, prediction. I can see it. Max to win. 
Hamilton P two. I can see it. I I you know I'm going to say I'm going to, I was going to say P three. Okay. Um, but I I would take I'll take the P two. Um. Well, what are you going to say? I'm going to say Max Max one. Yeah, me I'm too. Say, I'm going to say Science P two. Okay. And, and Lewis P three. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm flipping. Um, well, actually, I'm 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 confident in my choice of of Lewis for P two. I'm Alonzo. not sure about science for third, honestly. I, I think I can see a pit stop screwing them, screwing them over. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, kind. I want to be really, really spicy, and I want to say Lance Stroll. Stroll for P three. Yep. <laughs> That's a bit of a long That's... shot, but you know, I, I like the long <laughs> I, shots. I, 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 I would. I. Not to be the <laughs> hater, I kind of want to see that more than I want to see Alonso. Well, you know, yeah, well, obviously, again, we'll get to it, but Alonso, um, yeah, not a great ninth. qualifying down in ninth. Yeah, uh, not 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 the best either. So, yeah, I, I don't really. So that that's so kind of going back because speaking of Lance Stroll, he qualified after Lewis in his Aston Martin uh, with the one twelve point nine nine four. Said P six, which he might be in P seven depending on whether Gasly gets a three. A three place or a five or or whatever grid penalty he gets. Well, if, if um, Gasly does get a penalty, that's going to move Stroll up. Does it move him? Oh, it does move him up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he moves him to five. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So he goes to, goes to goes to five or stays at P six. Yeah. Or no, regardless, he always goes if up. There's if there's a penalty, he'll go up. He'll go regardless up. of what the penalty is. Uh, but if there's no penalty, of course he will not. But he's in sixth, as you said. That is the sixth team. Uh, to be in the top six, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine, Mercedes, Aston Martin. All of them in the 112s. Uh, Lance Stroll is the last to be in the 112s. So that top six is pretty interesting. I think because Perez is not in that top six, you know, there's a little bit of a shakeup in that order. Um, as you alluded to at the start of the uh, the episode, Lando Norris... It's hard to say if he'll be able to hold that position. I kind of doubt it. I think Gasly will get the penalty. I think Lewis is, you know, he's won that race. He's a he's a crafty driver. Obviously, that's why I think he'll move through the field. And then I think Lance Stroll, that car is fast. And I think he's going to have some, some room to maneuver. You know, I think he's looking. I think he doesn't do well on street tracks, and we've seen that. So I, I think that's why I'm saying for third. I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. That's my podium. Max, Lewis, Lance. Lance. Okay, I'm thinking Lance is going to take a tumble. Well, that could happen. That's too. Pretty, that's, pre- that's pretty standard issue. Uh, usually, he, he usually does pretty well at the beginning, and then yeah. he takes his pit stop, yeah. and then never regains a spot. He, he maybe even, even when other teams take their pit stops, and he they usually go through him. And I don't know. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? That's right. Time will tell. But, yeah. So rounding out, uh, not sorry, not rounding out. But uh, following Lance, we have Esteban Ocon with his, the second Alpine with a 113.083. Uh, previous po- uh, podium s- uh, stander in, yep. in person there in Monaco. So I'll be honest, I would if, if Gasly doesn't get a grid penalty, he's got a perfect chance to... Oh, definitely. And he's got a car that can, that can do it, uh, that can get into podium. Yeah, my prediction is entirely predicated on him getting the penalty. Penalty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, I'm... I'm gonna actually. I have the Google search of Pierre of, of Pierre Gasly penalty. Keep refreshing I'm, that I'm as we go. Yeah, I'm literally just refreshing it. No, nope, still nothing. So this this is a, a conversation a conversation I'm gonna kind of waiting to have with you. Okay. Alpine. I, you know, obviously you've you've probably seen the comments 
of both uh, Laurent Rossi saying they're not good enough. I'm ready to yeah. fire people. <laughs> yes, yes. Then they then they win a podium, and then the technical director says we're going to be fighting or ahead of the Mercedes yeah. in Barcelona. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that. Yeah, ahead of the Mercedes, mm-hmm. not by much, and mm-hmm. could like a thousandth of a second could be just you know you saw Lewis had to kind of lightly a yeah. had a wiggle out of turn 11, which was the tricky corner because uh, uh, that was where I think that's where they had the puddle, the slight. Okay. It wasn't, no, it wasn't necessarily a puddle. It was that they would go off onto the, oh, like, the, the paint, rumble lines. The paint, yeah. Yeah. yeah on, on the curbs and that are a bit that, slick. Yeah. And that would open sure. it up. Yeah. So it could be anything from that that caused that. But we are seeing that Esteban, Esteban is higher than George Russell, who's in P12. We'll get to Georgie. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are technically ahead of the Mercedes. And even in practice, they were looking ahead of the Mercedes. So they can. Maybe they are up to snuff to that. But yeah. Alp, the pressure, it just seems like the pressure for Alpine to do well mm-hmm. is really just seems heavier than the others. There should be so much more pressure, I feel, on Mercedes mm-hmm. than, than, say, uh, than an Alpine in, okay. in, in a way, and I think that and and, and I just I don't know what to, to think of it. I mean, yeah, they're doing well, but they seem to always do pretty decent or 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 pretty okay in qualifying, sure. and then something well, happens in race, they just not just not on race day. There was a lot said uh, in the press and here on this podcast on the F World about that car being underweight. One of the only, I think, cars that was really underweight that, you know, a lot of people pointed to that as as giving them an advantage, you know, that they could move around their ballast because, again, for listeners, the cars have to come in. The car and the driver with all their equipment have to come in at a specific weight. And the Alpine car was very, very much under the target weight that they could add ballast. They just essentially add some material. It's probably not lead, of course, because that's not, but maybe it is. Um, and, th- and then they can adjust where that is, the, the ballast, of course, to help the balance of the car. And we talked about it a lot. So that was part of the reason why there was a lot of expectation for that team. Uh, of course, they had a lot of instability in the offseason last year with Oscar Piastri and Alonso leaving them at the altar, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> um, and then there was also a lot of talk about uh, Ocon and Gasly, you know, two French drivers, but not necessarily drivers who got along. Not that you have to get along to do well, but it seems in this modern era of uh, happy rainbow unicorn F1 that you need to a little bit more than in the past, certainly. Um, but the other thing I noticed for this particular race, I don't think they brought any upgrades. Or if they um, did, they were very, very, very minimal, minor. right? Yeah. Like, if you watch any of the, the practices... There was, you know, flow viz, which is this sort of special paint that the teams put on their cars that shows how the air moves along the car. And they had on those uh, testing racks, I guess you could call them, that we saw in pre-testing, uh, preseason testing. You know, these big... Met- it's If you've not seen it, listener, just take a look at any of the video from Barcelona 2023 free practice. And, you know, they have these big wire, just crazy... They look like laundry hangers on the cars. And I didn't notice that on the Alpine. So I don't think they brought upgrades, or if they did, as you said, they were maybe less significant than some of the other teams, certainly like Ferrari. So the fact that they're doing as well as they are doing here in Barcelona without the upgrades... Nope. Um, yeah, have, there you go. They have no upgrades on... Exactly uh, right. So like, th- like minor fixes or like changes to floor That means that maybe yeah. that car is starting to realize its potential that 
everyone thought was there at the start of the season. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't bring upgrades, but of course they're always tweaking and adjusting the settings on the car. So maybe they're figuring it out. Maybe. And this and this is kind of like what we, we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier in this in this episode of the show that this is really the first major permanent track or at least the first permanent track in European per, that's European yeah. and people actually generally the drivers genuinely like. Sure. I don't think they it's I don't think they don't like Bahrain. It's just that Bahrain doesn't really get upgraded and fixed and maintained very well. Um, it's maintained fairly cheaply. Cheaply. Look at look at the home straight of Bahrain. How bumpy that is, and how every single preseason and every single year there's the "Are you going to fix this?" because we don't want to like break our backs, and they're like, "Nah, we don't want. We don't. We don't want to put the money into that." So Bahrain's a very good track and has a lot of the same things that that um, Barcelona can give but not maintained as well, whereas Barcelona is maintained heavily and consistently because of how much is used through racing leagues across Europe. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, the drivers love it. They're confident on and this it's one. it's close to their home bases, their factories, yeah. their team headquarters. So I could see Alpine not, not bringing upgrades to this one to finally get a good, what can our car actually do when sure. we're not having engine problems yeah. <laughs> in every other race or something, and we're not crashing out in Australia. Renault is notorious <laughs> you know? for engines uh, throughout their entire history. There's always been when they first went to turbos, uh, they used oh to blow man. up all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching. I was watching a uh, video of the of the 1984-85 yeah, that's, turbo yeah, when yeah. they came in. They were and, like, fast and powerful when they ran, but caught on fire. Yeah, <laughs> the teams yeah. never finished the grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. It's kind of like I think that yeah, it's like what you're saying. I I really don't know what um. I don't know what to do with Alpine. I feel like there's there's a lot of pressure from people who aren't necessarily race people at the team, and I think just like maybe this. To be honest with you, this is probably the one of their first years they've had some consistent stability. Have had both their drivers on contracts that aren't just a single year. I think I think Gasly's there until the end of twenty four. Um, because that was his kind of contract. Well, with, but um, fair, but then they that, did have the the issue with Piastri. They did have the issue with Alonso leaving them. You know, there's yeah, not. I don't know if I I don't know if stability is a word that well, I would they have, use with I that would, team. I would say that they have the most stability to go forward in than they've had for the last like year. Yeah, or so. relative to themselves. Yeah, on, on yeah, paper, yeah, yeah, sure. Wise. On I, paper, yeah, yeah, we don't know what's really. It's the the so. classic adage yeah. of the swan. Above the water, looks regal and elegant. Under the water, the legs are going a mile a minute. And looks yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see Otmar leaving after this season, um, which would be sad to go, but I think you need, need to make a big change. And, well, you're in a, and Aston Martin is proving that you don't necessarily need to have a full F1 background to be able to to well, do well i mean you might crack that team has a has long a, has a history in f1 let's fair, not yeah in terms, Aston of, in Martin, terms of their in terms of racing their, point force india jordan that's all the same team yeah but it also in turn and in terms of who they've hired and, and personnel yeah they've definitely personnel. yeah yeah true and and good and good points but i'm th- i'm i guess as a team principal mm-hmm. you look at mike crack who wasn't an f1 boss or a technical director or anything yeah, yeah. he was in the other leagues um, and and so you're, it's kind of showing that as a team principal, as this, the person who to collect everyone and move together, right? And lead, you don't necessarily need to just have F one experience to be good in that. Right. Role. I think you need a strong leader. Yeah. I think if you look at successful teams, they have a strong leader. And mm-hmm. an example of that Ross Braun again, as we talked about earlier, Christian Horner, Christian Horner, 
um, Lawrence Stroll at Aston, I think, is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the flip side of that, I think, is what we see in Ferrari these days being, you know, managed by committee. Uh, McLaren as well. Now they've gone to the, they've gone that direction, having three different pods managed by three different people. <laughs> I think Toyota. Toyota is the cla- Toyota F1. Listeners, if you didn't know, yes, Toyota used to participate and compete. Huh, can we say they competed <laughs> in F1? Sure. Uh, they were in. Yeah, um, billions and billions and billions of dollars spent and never won a race. Uh, I think they got a pole position. They got a few points, and that was the biggest problem because they had two, basically, two headquarters. They had the headquarters in Germany, and they had the headquarters, of course, back in Japan. And everything had to go... So it really wasn't like the German headquarters were headquarters because everything still had to go through Japan. So that's a great example of the other side of that. So Mm -hmm. I think to be successful in F1, you need a strong leader. Ferrari, when uh, John Todd was there, for the for a while he was there yeah. too. When they were so successful, that was it. Yeah, you know? so. and he had and he wasn't one or two years and gone. He was there for a number. Yeah, he, uh, both just in the organization and then as team principal, he was there for I think four or five years. Oh, at like least that. more than that, probably. Yeah. So um, I think in that point, yes, Aston Martin is a good example of how a strong leader without an F one background, but a lot of money and a lot of business savvy can do a lot for a team. And and Lawrence Stroll is, uh, I think, the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So moving on, we're going to try and power through the last three to round out the top of. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to power through the last three because I don't really need to talk about eighth place, which is Nico Hulkenberg. Speaking of, Ferrari, well, well, I mean, I mean fine. He got his. A, we know he's a good qualifier. <laughs> yeah. Him as a driver, uh, but for Haas, that's that's good. Remarkable. I, I just like I'm just sticking to my guns. Of I like seeing Haas at the bottom. Yeah, but, yeah I remember <laughs> you saying that last week. But, yes, yes. but um, speaking of Ferrari, Haas has a new bar. Partner next next season, Alfa Romeo. Oh yeah, I did yeah, read that. They, yes, they yes, get a yes. title change up, so they get a title their team change up. So I think it's going to be Haas, Alfa Romeo, or right. You and Marianne yeah. were talking about that, right? Yeah, I don't and know. If I, Alfa I just, Haas. Is still I just wanted to make sure Marianne knew that Haas. She must know Gene Haas. It's a guy's name, so yeah, I told, can't I really you can't change slag it. on it too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can make fun of it, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy's name. Yeah, but like I don't like Gene Haas. So. <laughs> yeah, you can not like a person's yeah. personality, but yeah. you can't not like their name. It's just their name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We, we can like you can like you cannot like their name because you don't like them, them as a person. I think that's fair. It's like, it's like Malfoy and Harry Potter. I don't think anyone really likes Malfoy the name because they don't like Malfoy the character. Yeah, I'm one but of those Malfoy weirdos. the name is a great name. I that's, don't know the first thing about Harry Potter. Uh, okay. I can barely even spell it. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it sounds like exactly what it is. But, uh, <laughs> no, I know. I'm yeah. just saying as an example of how little I know. But Nico Hulkenberg, P8 in his Haas uh, with a 113.229. I will say, yeah, it's nice to see Nico up in the points. I don't think he'll finish in the points, but it's nice to see him. It's nice to see the breakup of qualifying. I think this is why I love qualifying. Yeah. And why I, I'm actually on the – I actually agree with uh, Tyler the Oak and Thorn um, that if they are to do a sprint race – they should keep it at the end of FP2 Friday. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that was a great the, idea. Friday, it would be really good to have FP1, FP2 sprint as a, as a like, only top 10 teams do a like 15, 20, 20 lap sprint. Keep it nice and racy, but not too, not too much. Only like very, very light. Yeah. Like, only maybe five points for five, uh, one, two, three, four, five. You get five to one um, not- for top 10. But then, uh, but keep qualifying, qualifying because we get things like yeah sure the monaco qualifying was fantastic this qualifying also quite good not to drag us down a path of talking about sprints but just as you said that i had an idea maybe make the sprint for the bottom 10 
Oh, that would be great. Not with points, but just that gives them more practice. Or so there's there's more incentive. Well, you know, then yeah. you're sort of incentivizing to be in the bottom to get more time on track. But yeah, but I mean at the same time, that would mean I would say like give them points, but only like for number one. But again, I'm saying, and and for me, the whole thing about the sprints is those points should not. It should be a separate sort of sprint championship race, like yeah. uh, get a little, get like, little yeah, a battle, like, a, yeah. a, a separate sprint champion battle. Bottom 10 teams, that gives them more time, uh, gives them more exposure for those younger drivers, usually, who are in that bottom 10. But nevertheless, that's yeah. we've talked about sprints yeah. enough. Yeah. Not well, just today, we'll, but we'll talk it. We'll talk about it again in Spa when it comes up, because that's okay. the next sprint race. But oh, Spa. Yeah. My uh, favorite track. Which which is why I like having the sprint in Spa, because it's the it's My, my it's, favorite track. It's in my top three or five, yeah. too. Um, but after Nico, we have Fernando Alonso himself in uh, P9. And I think most of that is because he damp the yeah the car the was floor. literally held together with tape now yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally was, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and the tape was even falling off yeah yeah, um, yeah. so yeah I think it's just that that little the track was still a little too bumpy and and uh, and wet no one no one had figured it out and at the early qualifying that kind of took it lost but it just shows how even though the floor probably wasn't if you if you look if you flipped it up the floor integrity probably isn't overly damaged but the thing, the finer details that right. allow the air to slice through and move through probably were completely compromised. Yeah. And it just shows that even even just little scrapes sure. off of that are going to change oh, change it out too. Something as, as um, what we might think is as minor as the, um, the visor tear-off, right? So again, for listeners, if you don't know, the driver's helmets have multiple layers of, it's not plastic, it's probably some other high-grade material, but let's just say it's maybe acetate. But they have these very, very thin layers of, let's say, plastic that they can pull off, they can tear off if that visor gets dirty with bugs or rubber or degree or grime or what have you. And they pull them off, and they usually just throw them out the cockpit. And they will, from time to time, get caught on the front wings or barge boards or other various aerodynamic pieces of the other cars, and sometimes that will affect the performance. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it gets caught in the um, the cooling intake, and it can cause other cars to overheat. So at one time, they were talking about making a rule that you couldn't throw the tear off outside the car, that you had to sort of just throw it down into the cockpit, okay. which I think is reasonable. That's, yeah. Just, I, I just don't think rip it, was... it off and throw it between your legs. Yeah, I don't I don't really see a problem with that. Yeah, I, you just yeah. collect them at the end and then there you go. Yeah, but yeah. I mean they with the maybe they'd fly out anyway, but I don't know. But yeah. anyways, the tear-offs, something is what we might think as is minor as a piece of plastic uh can influence the aerodynamics. So of course, if you're going over the curbs, the gravel, and if you're literally, you know, taking pieces off, it, of course it can have an impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, uh, that's, it's too bad. I think everyone wanted Alonso to get to. Yeah, everyone wanted is, Alonso to win home race, and there was all this talk about all the combinations and permutations 33. of thirty-three, well, which is his number, and all these factors. Well, no, it's and not, thirty-third it's win, the, sorry, yeah, thirty-third yeah, 30 win, win, yeah, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The that's, problem is, is that thirty-three is Max's number. So every, I was saying the entire all, <laughs> yeah. all this, all this week <laughs> right. of thirty-three, I was like, you, you're getting it wrong. Right. You're right. only empowering the guy who's winning again. And, and it Stop worked. It, it worked. <laughs> just, yeah, just it worked. Start doing things. Just you know, to do it so that like you know, there's there's 14 turns yeah. instead of and it, instead of 16 now. They yeah, got rid of it's 14 total. That's the you thing. You can find you know? <laughs> like my favorite number is 22. So if I looked at some of those stats, I could probably find 10 different ways to work in the 22, number 22. for yeah. for Yuki. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not because Yuki's 22, but 22 has always been my favorite number throughout. I, I love 22 too. 22 is up there with with one of mine. It's like seven and 22 and 11 are like my 11 is one of my favorite ones. 11 and 12 because they're the last well, numbers of 
before they change things into like a formatted way. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. right. Like, 13, like, 14. There's that. Yeah. Format. Yeah. So 12 is the last one before it's like the last like original kind sure. of number. Na- num- well, title of a number. Speaking of the number 11. Sergio Perez. Well, we, we skipped Oscar Piastri. So McLaren into oh, that's okay. B10. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. B10, Oscar Piastri. So McLaren rounds out the top and everything. You know, I wanted to say before we uh, continue going that uh, I'm actually on kind of quite literally a little pillow cloud because I got these new oh, things. I'm they yeah. Are, tell me about they them. They are called uh, pillow slippers, pillow slips, and actually my Reese, uh, Reese's girlfriend Joti, got them for us. Okay, because um, she had them and like tried these on. How do you like them? They are the com- most comfortable thing. I they have so much bounce. Yep. I feel like and I'm watching a moon shoe. I feel like I'm walking in moon shoes. And they bit. probably make you a bit taller. Uh, sure. Yeah. Honestly, well, it gets me. To, it gets me to that five eleven that I've been we, hoping to get to all my. I, life. I use my hair for that. I just yeah. make a big uh, bouffant hair. But now we didn't plan this. But just so the listeners don't think we're crazy, I can connect that to F one. Go ahead. Because I'm wearing today. No way. <laughs> my Williams flip flops. <laughs> Williams Martini <laughs> Racing. Oh, there we go. <laughs> flip flops. Okay, we'll have to take a picture of our slippers. Uh, uh, of yeah, we'll tweet. Flips. Yeah, we'll tweet it from the yeah, F World. Definitely. Yeah, sure. yeah. and put the, that'll, that'll be the podcast. Uh, that'll be the the Instagram post we put up for the and, when the episode drops. And although I'm proud to wear them and they're stylish, they're not comfortable at all. I will say, like, I love these these pillow slips. They're really great. Um, I don't know where to get them. Other, otherwise, I'd tell people because they're they're perfect. Like in in around the house, kind of go out, be everything. But they're kind of annoying to drive. The drive in was annoying because. Flip because yeah, I think sandals they just pop off your feet when you're trying to use the pedals. I think there's but. actually a law against driving in sandals. Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, there is in Saskatchewan where I'm from. I would presume there's the same law in BC, probably. but maybe not. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would assume that if it's in one province, <laughs> it's in seven. well, well not you necessarily. Know what? You know what? I def- I'm definitely not. I'll probably I'll drive in bare feet then, and there we go. Uh, that's oh. even more illegal. Damn it. That's definitely illegal. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> well, I'll just suffer. Luffle, but like luckily, your Baba said, but don't get caught strategizing. <laughs> you know. Thanks, Baba. I will always love and cherish you forever because of the borderline illegal things. That Shout you out, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Bob. She was actually a, uh, a great teacher. Uh, good teacher. But anyways, moving on to someone who could definitely use pillow slips, someone, uh, something, something that could uh, cushion his fall, Sergio Perez, which all week, the story was, I am not going to lose points mm. anymore. I need every double-digit yeah. point yeah, he's I done. can get. No, no more zero-point weekends. <laughs> Danny Rick is just licking his lips and waiting <laughs> to get in that Danny car. Rick, Danny Rick is eating those And he's ribs. testing in Silverstone, he is, isn't he? he is. yeah. yeah. I think it's... I think, no, I think it's Verstappen and Perez. Uh, no, Verstappen and, and Ricardo are testing Silverstone. I don't think yeah. it's Perez and Ricardo. No, no, that's what I mean. Danny yeah. Rick is licking his lips, licking yeah. his lips, you know, like, hey, let he's me in that car. And he's going to be in the car in Silverstone that, and in testing. That is probably, yeah. I think Silverstone's testing. I think it's after the Grand Prix. Yeah, of I course. I think that's yeah. actually being televised because of how many people are wanting <laughs> to watch. I would imagine. If like, not through the F1 channels, Red Bull, I'm sure we'll stream 100%. it. because yeah, Yeah. But Sergio Perez knocked out of Q2 yeah. and Q2 with a 113.334 to go into P11, which when you think about it, no, three tenths off of Oscar Piastri, who put in a one thirteen point oh five nine, was not the sh- the slowest person in Q two uh, to get in. Uh, and that was Nico Hulkenberg. Just so technically, Hulkenberg squeaked over Perez in Q two um, instead of Piastri. But the point is, is that still 
no matter where you take it, Perez was roughly a tenth to three tenths off the pace of everyone. Well, and he's six tenths off his teammate. Yeah. And arguably more because his teammate could have gone faster. The only positive spin that you can put on Perez's performance today in Barcelona is that he qualified nine places better than he did in Monaco. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So a hell of an improvement for you, Sergio. Well done. Way to go. You know, and I I, actually, I I quite like Sergio Perez. I think uh, his, his journey through F1 is actually quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been around but for a I, long I wonder, time. you know, I always like to try to reason why things are happening. That's just the way I'm wired. I like to know why. And I, I'd like to know why. What's happening? He started the season so strong. Did did something happen in the team? Did something happen in his life? The team um, chain did an old Mercedes trick and change engineers on it. Yeah, so well, that actually, I think, helped out uh, Nico that season. And yeah. someone said, I think Nico or, or Lewis said they're going to write a book about that. I think it was Lewis who said, I'm going to write a book someday about that. Yeah, so, because there's, there's like, I the wonder if there's push. an NDA there or if it's just like he's, I don't know. But that that's a whole other story. There, yeah, there's, there's an old joke of that. There's a, there's the um, questioner that always asks long. Yes, yeah, questions. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they remember them asking him, like, what about this book? Did you, did you, have you written the book? Is like, what, what years? You said you write it by the year 20 something. Yeah. Like, oh, then I still yeah. have like eight more years to right, write it, right. you know? And, just, and they ask because they want the joke, but yeah. uh, there is, what's going to be interesting because apparently there is a Lewis Hamilton documentary in the work okay. um, with, through Apple TV that Lewis has been. Well, makes sense. I think that's also, they're involved of, with that so, new F1 movie that Brad is, Pitt is involved I with. I think it's an Apple yeah. TV movie as yeah, well. Yeah, they're probably doing it. So, uh, consecutively, yeah, going to be interesting, especially because the only sports documentary that was currently right. that um, that <laughs> Apple TV did that was big was the Magic Johnson one, and it's being like heavily criticized and uh, things because like Magic Johnson basically lied through a lot of it. Okay, uh, so Magic or Michael? Magic? Magic? Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Even the Michael one, Michael definitely changed and falsified some of the. I believe mm-hmm. and falsified some of the narratives because he <laughs> had because he had direct control over what gets put buckets the final sure, that's so and he like and a lot of the teammates that that's why David, it's good to be king yeah have, a lot of, a lot of the teammates like rodman have you ever seen the, the hugh hefner hugh hefner documentary i mean no, it, it I paints him you, in a positive light i mean that but that's you yeah <laughs> they all do the only one that really didn't and boy are we off track now sorry that's the f world but baby. the only one that didn't uh i felt was the the motley crew biop biopic uh i forget the, the recent one, the one that was on like Netflix or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, that was that was an interesting one. It was one. kind of more warts and all. Although, of course, ultimately it shows them in a good light. But yeah. it, uh, it didn't gloss over a lot of their yeah. stuff. But that, yeah, we're but, pretty far off now. Yeah. I don't think Motley Crue has ever been at an F one race, but maybe Tommy Lee has been. I feel like I feel like if maybe Tommy Lee was in Miami. Maybe. Yeah, I Tommy like Lee, I of f- course, the drummer for Motley, Motley Crue. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if you're. Uh, a major movie or music star at some point you've been to an F1 race because you've gone through your well yeah especially these so, days yeah, um, so popular but yeah. Uh, but yeah so Perez yeah I don't, he's, I don't his know. season's there, done there's so much questions te- about it I think I think at some point it's, it's kind of like what uh, Christian Horner has always said being Max Verstappen's a teammate is a, is a mind F world well that's why Danny right? uh, Rick left he couldn't compete with him I mean yeah. no one he won't say that but what else could it be Money, yeah, yeah. Money, of course. Renault gave him a truckload of money. Yeah, but but he, he didn't want he, to put up with Max. Anymore. Yeah, he probably could. He probably could have dialed in more into 2019 and, and win. I think that one. Of, I think I always say that that really annoyed Christian Horner because he. I think he thought he had a championship in 2019. Mm, yeah, I mean, a, 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 a constructors championship. Could, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, I don't. I don't know. There's so much to do. There's so much question with Perez. I. I really. 
I, I, to be honest with you, I kind of hope that he goes to another team sometime. I, th- I think, I think we, it did we talk about this? We've, we've did brought we? it up. I a can't remember because I, 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 I immediately think, where would he go? I that's that's the there's nowhere thing. to go up. He can't go up. No, he's he's in the best team. He's yeah. in the best car. He always in the has best to team. go down. The so only, anywhere the, is going to be down. Yeah, the only potential up mm-hmm. that you could do is hope to God that Audi wants wants him. Oh yeah, I think yeah, right. And Audi has, and that's and that's banking on Audi doing an Audi and actually doing well. Sure. Which Audi has a history of coming into leagues, doing well for, and then leaving them. Yeah. Which was always my thing of like, just why you should have gotten portions of Audi, but mm. Audi is a big name, big money. So we'll like, I mean, it's really exciting, but I think Audi wants their, they're very, very pro. We are going to be the only German manufacturer that is a hundred percent done in Germany. We want German engineering. Right. Cause right? Mercedes has their headquarters in, in Brackley, yeah. the UK. Yeah. So, Knowing how Audi's been, you know, uh, marketing themselves, I don't see them going for Perez. No, but no, he's, I don't see Perez. He's got nowhere to go. Yeah, I don't see Perez. And I think Red Bull's going to keep him. They're happy enough with him. They're going to win the. They'd win the constructors' championship. I think. Well, they'd be leading the constructors even without Perez's points. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, right? that's not like, an exaggeration. No. 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 I know. Like, I think is... even Perez himself would be leading if he took away Max. I think he has enough points contributing to Red Bull's constructors that they'd still be leading just on Perez's points. But nevertheless, yeah, my, I my think, I think that's point pretty, pretty, being yeah. that he's got nowhere to go. He's happy to be there, I'm sure. I think the team is happy enough with him, although not probably in the last two races, but it's not hurting the team because they're still going to win the constructors. And they know that he's going to probably move up the field pretty quickly. Yeah, you can overtake yeah. uh, in they're, Barcelona they're, more yeah. than Monaco, of course. They're, we're probably going to put him on mediums or hards and then let him just run to the entire management to the end. Yeah. Um, and then a quick a quick uh, soft tire pit stop at the end to, yeah, he'll, to keep, he'll, him in P, P, uh, keep him on the, on the top grid. He'll definitely move up the order. He's uh, typically quite uh, easy on his tires. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for him to, you know, finish much higher than 11th. Of course, he'll be in the points. I don't think he'll be able to get up to the podium, but uh, he will definitely do better than 11th. If he finishes, maybe he gets caught up because oh, the problem, yeah, the problem when these very fast cars qualify out of position is that then they end up being in the midfield. The midfield is, in my, uh, in my opinion, might be even worse than starting in the pit lane or 20th. Because you could get caught up in a first lap incident. Yeah. You know, and I think so that's probably what the up. team doesn't like either. That's their biggest thing. If he just, you know, if he can get into 10th or some points, the team will be happy enough. But you're right. There's a, there's every every possibility that he could get involved in something in that first lap or the first few laps and not even finish. And that would be not catastrophic yet, uh, but certainly the team would not be happy. So I'm not saying yeah. he's on thin ice, but I'm saying I'll say it right now for sure. His championship hopes are gone i think so too gone. i think this is that was this was the race that he needed to at least get p2 mm. to to maintain it I'll, the but only sliver of hope would be if something crazy happens and you know max crashes out of this race that's that's <laughs> my hope every race <laughs> yeah you've, um, you're but just because i don't know like, i just, just want to see it you know I just fair enough see, i don't think because i don't think it will ever happen because he's so dialed in right that i just don't see him i see even if even if there was a crash directly surrounding Max Verstappen. Like, let's say that all five, P1 through five, all crash into each other. Um, 
and going into turn one or going coming out of turn two, right? Max Verstappen still would probably leave that crash driving and still win the race. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, you know he like, won he won the season opener in Bahrain, so it's been Max, Sergio, Max, Sergio, Max, Max, Max and now probably Max again. Max again. So yeah, which to give the guy the credit, you know, absolutely phenomenal driver, phenomenal just. That team has done Real, so well. Yeah, it's such a for great... any new fans to F one, you're probably watching history in the making, and that, maybe I'm overselling it, but really, uh, I, I can't think, think there's certainly no other driver and no other car combination on the grid like him now. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're seeing, love him or hate him, love Red Bull or hate them, like Max or not, it's 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 history in the making, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's sort of on that level of what Schumacher did in his days. Of course, Schumacher was seven world drivers championships, but um, Max not there yet. But the level of car control, the smoothness, just the dialed in nature, it, it's to me um, legendary, yeah. which is, I think, a I, word I used last I week. I just hope Max doesn't win because his contract is until, is until 2028. Yeah. I hope he doesn't win every single championship until 2028 because then, <laughs> well, then he'd break the record. Yeah, he'd no, get he, eight championships, I, I think he. And I would, I would I'd be furious. He, he's out in 26. Do he 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 leaves retires yeah no I don't think I don't know guaranteed I think it depends on the I th- I think it will depend on what direction he, the the F high goes if he wins until tw- if he wins twenty four twenty five yeah well look, I think he's twenty three this year yeah so twenty three if he wins twenty four twenty five yeah he'll probably if he wins twenty six I would say maybe yeah he would probably leave twenty six is the first year of the new regs the new teams yeah yeah he's gonna so so i I could see him he's if, retiring at the end of twenty five yeah i I don't know I could see him if he wins twenty six I could see him he's not gonna compete that's what know. I'm saying that's what I'm saying okay i I don't know I think that he's just too almost he's almost too dominant in the league for to, for the league to let him retire. yeah but but I think he would just i think it really depends on what the real changes are because he's not happy with anything right he's he's a little bit in so, that sense Kimi Raikkonen esque in that he doesn't yeah. like all the little other tweets. stuff around surrounding F1 as much. Yeah. So I, I'd be very surprised if he does not retire at the end of 2025. I mean, he's, he's got a contract until 2028. So that's that's what he has signed. Really? On to. Yeah. Wow. He has signed on to a long-term. Um, oh, okay, then I take it back. But he, yeah, Max. Uh, well, no, contract. I still, I know I don't take it back. That's, yeah. that's my um, that's my call. I like Let's making see. these really wild calls. That's yeah. the wildest of he, wild. He has retires been, at the end of 25. Will remain at the team until 2028, signing a new contract. Huh. So he le- he can he wow d- he and apparently he has. He, I, I wonder if that's one of the longest F1 driver contracts ever. That is one of the. Yeah, I bet it is. It is. It is 100 one of the longest ones. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. One, good on one, one, Good. Good for him. To, but hey, get that bag. Get that bank, man. Yeah. Love it. Get the cheddar. But at the same time, like I don't know, I I just don't want him to win the championship until twenty twenty eight because then he'll be he'll break the record. And no, he want, won't. I don't want anyone to break the record other than Lewis. <laughs> so, <laughs> but under that, uh, moving on from Red Bull and P eleven and the sadness of Sergio Perez, we have another sad factor. More sadness, yes. George Russell and the Mercedes just did, did not seem like like we we're kind of alluding to. Still problems with connecting with the car. Didn't seem as confident as right. Lewis. Yeah, definitely. I don't. That I don't, could just be time of mm, knowing Barcelona in general. Yeah. But well, also, no, I, he's. I think the car just fits Lewis's style better, and I think yeah, that's you it. were onto something. I think before we really started recording, which was maybe Russell put so much work in that simulation and knowing the W fourteen that Mark that the W fourteen Mark two mm-hmm. doesn't just quite fit up. Fit yeah, with I, I mean um, that's my feeling. 
Yeah, he he's a good driver. We know that. I mean, when he stepped in, good when he stepped into the Mercedes when he was still at Williams for that one race, he should have won it. The only reason yeah. he didn't was a technical issue, right? A tire. I think he had a puncture um, crash. I think yeah, a puncture, but also just like a weird he, he pit, stop, pit stop call. Was uh, it maybe both? Yeah, I think I think the team so kind of messed it up. I think he shows his innate ability to drive well. I think he did invest a lot of time and effort and resources into coming to grips pun intended, with the uh, the original incarnation of that car because we saw him consistently out-qualifying and outperforming Lewis in that same car, the zero mm-hmm. side pod, especially, you know, last year he was uh, Mr. Five, right? I think every yeah, T- yeah. the first four or five races he finished had, fifth or better. I think he only had one race in the entire season that he didn't Yeah, so he was five. very consistent and he Maybe seemed two. to do well with that car although the car was not good so now that they've changed the car on him yeah he's he's not looking as confident uh and he committed the cardinal sin in this qualifying in barcelona he hit his own teammate he hit his teammate <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but kind of a uh, i mean we're talking the cars collided we're yeah, not talking yeah. that he punched him. Oh my God, what a, what a, although there there are marianne more homework for you there are instances of uh Drivers certainly punching other drivers and teammates punching teammates. Yeah, I really want to see another um, kind of Michael Schumacher ask like when he gets into the into the garage and just gets out of the car and runs to the other end of the grid to fight the the driver. That was probably uh, Coulthard. He yeah, he, yeah. Coul- <laughs> I I want another scene yeah. like that. D- David but... <laughs> Coulthard inadvertently brake tested Schumacher, and it, um, inadvertently we, they no, I it was I think, I think, I think it, it was, was purely accident. inadvertent. Yes, yeah, yes, I think they were both gunning at each other yeah. and. Yeah, that's in a, in, any know, new listeners uh, search for that online. You'll find it. Just search Coultard uh, David Coultard. Don't ask me the spelling. Was the, that the internet will fix it for you? Was that also Michael Schumacher? Someone? I think it was actually because it was in the rain. Yeah, because apparently I remember them saying someone was looking up on the FP2 where I think that was the only time Barcelona has been wet. Has been oh, actually in the uh, rain. Yeah, One of the few, Barcelona's well, rarely. They say in that rain. the rain in Spain yeah. falls um, mainly on the plain. That's uh, for anyone my age, that'll make sense to you. Um, so that's a classic clip. And uh, yeah, so they did come together. And Mercedes in their modern history have had a couple of classic coming togethers. Of course, Rosberg and Hamilton uh, classically came together with Hamilton going on the radio and saying, Nico, hit me. And there's been a few other classic collisions, <laughs> of course, with um, Belgium. Gone Mar- it was Belgium. Yeah, no, that's where the Mercedes came together as well. That's where. Nico hit me. I think was also in Belgium. Yeah, or is that what you're saying was Belgium? No, I'm saying um uh, Schumacher and Col- Col- was Belgium Col- and Coulthard, Coulthard? Yeah, was uh, that was, was Belgium. Belgium in the rain. Nico and um I think it was also Lewis Belgium. was Barcelona. Oh, that was that was Barcelona. 2016 okay, Barcelona. Was, okay, oh, fair enough. What a, I was actually rewatching and, that. And Weber and Vettel came together very classically. Uh, that was a good I one too. Turkey, I don't think. Maybe? Yeah, I don't think that was that was a, that was another European one. But yeah, yeah. um, teammates. I don't know what to do with George. I mean, like, well, I, think, it was, I think it's just bad luck. It certainly wasn't intentional. He didn't hit yeah. Lewis on purpose. I don't think he knew yeah. he was there. No, Lewis, I, think he, I think he was trying to move out of the way. Of, you talk about someone who's imp- who was impeding. Yeah, I think Carlos. Mm, yeah, not, uh, I mean, not, not not to the same. I don't think Carlos uh, <laughs> was necessarily on the like the one hundred percent the racing line. No, he was well off. But, I thought. Yeah, but I think that I, I I don't think that I in general I I actually don't really even including Gasly, which I'm still refreshing and nothing has changed. But including Gasly and even Science, I just don't think there was as good communication all around from anyone, uh, F- FIA, and it was two, yeah. two more people. Because I think it was just a simple, 
Like, I don't think science was even barely warned that there were two Mercedes. Yeah. He was like, oh, this car's behind you. He was like, okay. And he moved. And then I think just moved. But that was almost too late of a sure. notice. And then that's when Russell moved out because he was on a flying lap. No yeah. one was telling these people they're on flying laps. Yeah. And it, same thing. And, and I think Russell was starting to be on a flying lap. And Lewis was like getting ready, was like launching himself into yeah, one. Yeah. Um, so it was a really terrible so they timing. Touched, the cars touched. It broke uh, the Lewis's front end plate end. off of uh, Lewis's car. Um, and, and for listeners who may not know, the teams, of course, have access to the television world feed that we all see if you're watching it. But they also have the GPS data. And they have very, very accurate GPS data, more accurate than what you can get online. So if you go to the official uh, F1 website, you can get, I think it's still free, you can sort of see... Uh, the GPS data of where the cars are on the track. Mm-hmm. But I think the teams have even more accurate data than that. They have a v- very, very, very specific GPS data. Yeah. I think they, but maybe not anymore. Maybe it's the same, but it used to be that they had more data. Yeah, so so the teams can see where the other cars are and they can tell their drivers. I know the other week with, with the Indy 500, the Indy 500 have separate team members who are called spotters who are up in a tower with binoculars very you know different technology <laughs> and and they and that's all they do is they say this guy's coming up on your left this guy's coming up on your right for the yeah. whole race yeah uh, and they typically do that in f1 and they typically do it quite well but yeah you're right we saw not as good uh instructions coming from the teams yeah it was really um it was really kind of bizarre i don't, I don't know why and again, it's not like they don't know that track. Um, and it's not like that track is small. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of room on that track. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, we do have George Russell in 12th, uh, having been outqualified by his teammate, which is, I, I think, over the last season and even into this season, I'm guessing that Russell is leading the qualifying challenge over Lewis. But I don't yes, I know. Yes, I, I think he definitely is. He's still up. But that was close. also with the with the other car, too, yeah. right? And I think we're going to um, see Hamilton coming on strong. Yeah, I think we are, too. Uh, following George, we have Joe Ganyu and the currently Alpha uh, Romeo Sauber Ferrari car with a 113.52, who out-qualifies his teammate, Patrick Bottas. Yeah, oh, make, man. Didn't get out of Q1, uh, I so know, P16. Like, I said it last week. I got to say it again this week. Valtteri, you're killing me, man. Come on. We love you, Valtteri. We do. We, I want to see him do story? better. Why are you doing this? Um, also, I think of note that uh, Alpha was the second team to bring no upgrades to Barcelona. So uh, Yeah. Oh, I think, I think they did bring... Did they bring something? Like, minor. Okay. I, th- I think that's another team that just a probably they doesn't have the budget for it. But they two, seem to be languishing. Yeah, I mean, like, why would you put a bunch of money into a car and team that, like, you know, you're never going to win, and you know that next season is going to be a completely different financial situation? And right. Can completely. There's so much. I think there's so much. Like you're kind of saying, like the Swan mm-hmm. idea it looks nice. They look like they're having fun. Yeah. But underneath, there's probably six or seven. Sure. Web feet paddling around trying to figure out which direction they're and, going to go to. And you and I always talk about this. There is a point in the season where the teams sort of stop focusing on that current season before it's done and then getting, start focusing more on the next season. We're getting to that point because that's usually when July. That, yeah, that so maybe happen, maybe they've so. done that already. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they did that from the first week. I don't know. But, um, you know, we talked about how that team does look like, you know, they're comfortable and they're having fun and all of that. That's great. But at the end of the day, an F1 team needs to perform. Valtteri sadly is not. Uh, I he really is, hope that he can. Yep. He's a race winner. I mean, um, he knows yeah. how to win. Yeah, he is P16, best of the worst, as we call it. <laughs> best so of the worst, yeah. There we go. 
Um, but P14, moving down directly from Jogo on you, kind of going jump up. Nick DeVries, Nick DeVries, or Nick DeVries, almost Nick DeVries. Almost. But, <laughs> yeah, but, he was spinning a lot in FP3, I guess it was. Yeah, in that and and, even, and even qualifying, yeah. he was spinning a lot. He actually said on the radio, guys, what, what am do I, I have doing? to do? Yeah, what am, what I, am I doing wrong, wrong here? here? Right, right, and right. Then, you saw him. I thought it was a really cool. I thought I see that is where this is. That's the like pre post the previous champion, the former championship Nick DeVries. I've been waiting to see. Yeah. So then it's what am I doing wrong here? Yeah. And then immediately the next lap he go, next flying lap he goes, high down like, uh, down keeps it into the into lower gear, higher lower gear off the throttle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's no, he doesn't keep it in low gear. He he doesn't keep it in low gear. He, he, up, sh- he short shifted. He short shifted up, yeah. kind of similar to what Max Verstappen does. Yeah. Short shifts up for a, kind of a mid. A mid kind of um, uh, a throttle, so that he has a he doesn't have as high revs going into that corner, and then he came out of it, and he qualified faster than his teammate Yuki Sonoda uh, mm-hmm. by yep. four tenths. So Nick DeVries with a one fourteen point oh eight three, and then Yuki Sonoda right behind him with a one fourteen point four seven seven. Personally, to me, I think that both DeVries, with the talent that he could get to, and then what Sonoda has been showing us now. I think the, the, the you talk about drivers who are outperforming their car. I think this is that's the, a similar case. I don't necessarily think that they would be into the points. They looked very strong. They were there in Q1 for a long time until the lap. And this is kind of what we've always talked about this year that you almost every single person when they set a new when they at the like the the last uh when the clock hits zero and they're all running out, yeah. they're all yeah. passing that last second. Yeah. Every single person always seems to be qualifying into P5 or P3, yeah. and then they all get dropped down yes, into their yes. selective orders. Yeah. So it's very just jumbled up, so you can't really break out. But I think that that car, if if the Alpha Tauri car was up to snuff and they weren't fighting so much with it, I think it's a P10, P11 car without a doubt. Oh yeah, y- Yuki um, has been consistently finishing yeah. in P11. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this like, season. Yeah, but with the race and everything. Often, not consistently, but very often finishing in P11. Yeah. When, in the he, race. when he has his decent days, when yeah. he has the days that he can perform, he's in there. And I think that's another one where it's just at some point Yuki can't outperform the car without breaking it at this point, and I think Yuki knows that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You look at you look at Monaco. Is that you guys trying to kill me? Like <laughs> your brakes suck. Crash me, I think yeah. is, is what you he actually said. Make me crash. Yeah. 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 Um, and then that. So and then following up, like we said, Valtteri Bottas, best of the worst. His alpha <laughs> with his alpha. I'm going to say that so I'm going to yeah, kill well, that joke, but yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, we should just give like a best of the worst award for every single qualifying. And well, like, today it's VB seventy seven. VB seventy seven. And then behind him in P seventeen is Kevin Magnussen, exactly where I want to see him. <laughs> uh, with a one fourteen point oh four three, so that's, it's kind of interesting that like you look at the, how short these numbers are uh, together with the point oh point one fourteens. Almost every single time there's a new second, they're only like hundreds of seconds or tens yeah. of seconds behind, yeah. and then no, someone. No, the racing is good in that sense. You're right, yeah. absolutely. Then we get to Alex Albin with the one point and P eighteen with one fourteen point oh six three. Then we get to the man we've been waiting to all day long. Charles Leclerc, wah, his, wah, 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 wah. Charles Leclerc, and his one with a one fourteen point oh seven nine in his new Ferrari Mark II, uh, SF twenty three Mark II, um, looked absolute crap most of the time. Yeah, it um, didn't look comfortable in that car. Yeah, car um, I like. You, I love what you said. The car did look kind of ugly too. Oh, it the car. So, oh, it makes me want to vomit. Yeah, I and I, and I liked. I liked the bath. I liked the bathtub. I side. loved that. 
I mean, it's unfortunate that I guess it wasn't fast enough, but I thought that looked amazing. Yeah. I and, really did. And like, I, I really don't know about fast enough because it it was in a way. Yeah, kind like, of. It still it was, was able to. Like it yeah. had, it was kind of Mercedes-esque in the sense of some tracks wouldn't work, mm-hmm, some tracks mm-hmm, wouldn't. Yeah. And I think there was just so much like the, the Aston Martin just came so fast out of the gate, pun yeah. intended, yeah. that everyone didn't know what to do. And everyone was just kind of scrambling. We have yeah. to change. We right, have to right, change. Right, we have to change. Right. And then. But I think that the Ferrari, even really up until the end of summer, mm-hmm. last season in mm-hmm. 2022, the Ferrari still had arguably the best car. Well, Ferrari for was long fast time. last year, but it was the engine, and there might have been things going on there that weren't yeah. perfectly but legal, Aero, Aero, I thought. <laughs> um, that was the engine. That was the rule change up in. Um, okay. So it wasn't so much that it, was, it wasn't so much legal. It was just more like they were doing something, and then the rule change, which which happened in thinking at the end of Australia or something. Yeah. The rule change made it so well, that... Well, that's F1. They, if Ferrari's cheating, they... Well, no, normally they change the rule to support Ferrari, so uh, yeah. fair enough. This this one completely ruined Ferrari yeah, did. and the, changed yeah, and can, supported Red Bull. Yeah. It ruined every team except for Red Bull, which mm. which was my thing. Was Red Bull's all, the new Ferrari. Well, that was my thing last season, which was, I want to talk about this rule change. How come no one talks about this rule change? What is this? And it was just like a power unit thing change up and like how some, some parts of the power units. But that's neither here nor there. Um, even Charles Leclerc in his post racing was saying it's not the upgrades. Something just was off in the car. Right, setting. Yeah. Probably and, it was yep. a setting wise or like you're kind of saying a tune up. Or Maybe he had a, a tear off strip stuck yeah. under the floor <laughs> he just somewhere. He just couldn't. Yeah. It was yeah, it was stuck on the floor. He couldn't. He couldn't quite put the f- pedal down. But yeah, I, uh, that's you, you know we, we we when we talk about like Sergio Perez moving up in the field, what do you with Charles Leclerc? You have well, to put him on hard tires to start, and you have it, to give him the lawn run. Yeah, it's interesting. If they can sort it out, if they can... I mean, so there's something called park ferme, which means there's you're limited in what you can do to the car after quality. There's a few things that you can change, usually for safety, or I guess if they... Uh, usually it's like settings. To a wet race. You can change a few things, but there's not a lot you can do. Yeah, it's like settings and tunes. So if they can than. figure out... Indeed, if it was just a car issue, which it has to be, uh, how else do you explain that performance? He doesn't just forget how to drive. No, especially and, around and his Barcelona. teammate, you know. Look, but again, maybe it's just that he's not comfortable with those upgrades, and so if that's the case, then yeah. he has to change his driving style overnight, which won't happen. But you know, he he knows how to drive, so I, I I'm sure they'll sort it out. Uh, he's going to come through the grid. That'll be exciting to see him coming through the grid uh, during the race, moving up. I don't know how far he will get, um, but yeah, he's definitely out of position. There's no way that Charles Leclerc should be down in 19th. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say P6. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to I'm going to retract that right away. Um, P7, P7 or eight. Yeah, I have no idea. I'd have to look more closely. I would say with the pit stops yeah. and, and how things can work, and if he gets onto a, if he gets a good pit stop, maybe if he makes does a long stint, gets onto soft tires, I could see him pushing for and I, I can see him scoring points very oh, easily 100 i'll be very surprised if he does not score points if he doesn't score points it will be because he dnf'd either because of a crash or a technical issue an engine or what have you yeah. he's but if he put- finishes he's going to finish in the points yeah i agree with you there and then we get to the sad story logan Sargent, with the one the six tenths off of Charles Leclerc. Well, you can spin that in a positive way. He's only one place behind a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's very true. It, it is yeah. true, but it doesn't tell the whole tale. Yeah, no. he, um, a 114.699, uh, six tenths slower than Charles Leclerc, which is, you know, seems odd to say. Uh, yeah, terrible, 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 terrible. Uh, you know, he's, 
I don't know what it is, the pressure, or he just can't come. He like he he was a very successful driver in the lower formula or formulae, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you will. He purposefully like kind of went took his foot off the gas in F two to secure him so that because he got his his super license spot yeah. with his P four. I think there was a lot of things where he probably could have pushed for a P three P two finish, but right he's always been right behind Oscar Piastri. They're very sure, very they close were friends. neck and neck on points into the final race in one of the seasons. Yeah, uh, F F three F three. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. very very close. They're very close friends. Yeah. Um, and like actually, we, we listened to the Beyond the, the Grid uh, F one pod- Beyond the Grid. Yeah, uh, podcast really good listen. Highly recommend it. Um, and you just I think we've we've talked about a lot how how much pressure he puts on himself. Sure. And what he sees of what he feels himself and how he, he's very quick to be like, it's my fault on this, right? All, all these kind of things. Um, and so I wonder how much, uh, you can tell that he's just putting more and more onto himself and, and, and that happens, but I don't really know. Well, I, I, I'm really at a loss for it because I don't sure. know what else to say. I mean, it, it's fair to say he's not performing himself as a driver. Uh, the car we had said in the past is quick because Albon had been quick in that car. But on this particular day, we also looked at Albon who didn't do well. So it, I'm a little surprised in that, you know, last week I remember saying, oh, maybe uh, the, the high speed of the Williams bodes well for Barcelona. But, but maybe it's that the Williams is fast in a straight line on tracks that require more downforce. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they're, I think they're lacking the downforce to to be fast on a track like Barcelona. So I think we're seeing that. Albon didn't do well. He was all over the place. I think he spun, was in the gravel. Sargent crashed in FP2 or FP3, brought out the red flag. Um, you know, Logan Sargent, I think he's been demoted. We're going to have to call him Logan Private. Logan Private. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Logie. Uh, yeah. I think this speaks to the the challenge of F1. So for any casual fan or even a non-fan who says, oh, they're just driving a car. How hard is it? Uh, look to Logan Sargent. He won so many races in the lower uh, formula, Formula 2, Formula 3. Uh, he was a champion, karting champion. I mean, he knows how to drive, and he knows how to drive fast. But now he's in an F1 car, which... Okay, it's a car, it's got four wheels and a steering wheel, and it's got a gas pedal, and away you go. But there's just so much else to it. It's Yeah, you're not really driving a car. You're piloting a machine. Yeah, you're yeah. piloting a jet. Yeah. Right, it's always, it's always that. Yeah. And, it's such and he's just not thing. found, you know, he still hasn't found what he's looking for, to quote a song. Yeah. <laughs> Which what song is that? You too. I still you haven't too? found okay. what I'm looking for. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The, the grid for the race tomorrow um so yeah i'm saying i'm saying it well the tentative grid because tentative. we still don't know about gasly we still don't know about gasly um let's just let's say that he actually you know, he's gonna get a penalty let's see here. i will eat my hat if yeah. he doesn't uh he has been he has been given he's been he has since been hit with two three grid three place grid penalties. two penalties so he holy is, cow he is he's down okay. six positions so and had to go down in 10th Firstly, yeah, I'm, I'm reading the F, the article just came up on F1 on Formula One dot com latest. Uh, had to go to the stewards uh, twice after Barcelona. The Frenchman have been have been summoned for to explain two separate incidents. He has since okay. been hit with two three place grid penalties. Yep. Um, yeah, so he's starting so he's, in tenth, two penalties, which means at least three four penalty points. I mean, 
for me, there's two big issues here. Okay, he's going to be now starting in tenth if I've done my math correctly. Yeah, you're. Or you're for any right. European fan, my maths, and <laughs> he's also going to get penalty points, which is going to bring him very close to that twelve point threshold for being uh, yeah. hit with a race I think suspension. He's maybe maybe one one point away. Okay, two, mm, one, one, two or one. I I, I, can't I don't know how recall. many. I don't know how long they've had that in place because I don't think I've ever. I cannot recall a single instance of a driver having to sit out a race because of penalties. So this is going to be quite interesting if if that happens to him uh, in this season and interesting to see who who they would bring in. I forget who the reserve driver is for Alpine. It used to be Oscar Piastri. I didn't even know they they had one. Well, they all all (laughs) do, right? They all do. Um, I'll look that up real quick. All right. So you're going to say... For the podium? Podium. Max Verstappen. Yep. Lewis Hamilton, yep. Lance Stroll. You want to stick with yeah, that Yeah, I'm sticking right. with it. Especially Lance now Stroll that he's on the podium. Up, he's gone up. Yeah, I'm going to say Max Verstappen. Uh, I'm going to say Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, Lewis. No, I'm going to say Max Verstappen, Lewis. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Carlos Sainz and, and then Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it. I think Sainz uh, deserves some success. I think um, you know I, he's been he's been. I think he's he's trying hard. I, w- um, I would love him to win it. Oh, of course. Would, Who wouldn't? I, but I would love him to win this ha- one. How's that going to happen? No, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, hopefully it rains and Max just crashes. <laughs> that's that's the hope. I, I mean, anything could uh, happen, but, but yeah. Yeah. But, Jack Doohan is uh, the reserve driver for Alpine, which I recognize that name, but I can't place it uh, immediately. Jack Doohan. Does that name mean anything to you? No. I, I don't know who Jack D U. D O O H A N. Well, he was in F two as well. He's so. an Australian boy. Okay, I feel like I should know this dude, but competing in world championships. Well, we may get a chance to see him in the car, but yeah. you know, interestingly, if indeed Gasly is hit with a race suspension this year, it doesn't necessarily mean that they go to their dedicated reserve drivers. There have been instances in the past when a driver had to sit out a race, not because of penalty, but because of injury or illness, where they brought someone else in other than yeah, the reserve driver. Like, so I, that, to me, that has to be like the worst feeling in the world because, you know, being an F1 reserve driver, what does it get you? Well, it gets you into the pits. You know, you're with the team so you can learn from looking at the other driver's data. You're on the simulator a lot. And theoretically, you'll get a chance to race when and if the, the regular drivers can't. But even that's not guaranteed. So can you just imagine that feeling of, oh, you know, I'm, uh, if it's injury illness, you never want to celebrate that. But if it's penalty, still, you don't want to celebrate it. But arguably, you could say if a driver has to miss a race, that's much better than being injured or ill. So imagine this uh, Duan's feeling, oh, OK, Gasly's got a, a race suspension. I'm in. Yeah. And then they call someone else in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, man. man I, just, I wonder if any reserve drivers kind of do a little food poisoning. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's always today. the joke. Just yeah. be sick today. That's always yeah. the joke. But off of jokes and on that bombshell, as Jeremy Clarkson used to say on that's Talk right. here, yep. we're going to f- close out the show. We've gone. We've done the grid. We've done. We've done our speculations. I don't think any of us are going to be right. Um, but I'm kind of well. Hoping. If if either <laughs> one of us is going to be right, my money is actually on you. I, I think I you've like made the that. more rational choice. Yeah, that's uh, but I, I like to be a bit on the the bleeding edge on the yeah. cutting edge i like to push the yeah. envelope a little bit because at the end of the day we're all guessing yeah if, if i to be honest with you i always my my actual wish is just it's lewis 
Of course. Lewis and then Leclerc and, and it, then Sainz. It's not That's impossible. <laughs> it's it's not impossible. Lewis, could, as you said, if something happens to Max, Lewis could win. But that's why I've uh, got him up there in second. Uh, the race will tell. I'm looking forward to it as always. I'm looking forward to being back here on the F World after the race. I know I've missed a couple recently. One due to illness. One also just due to being too busy. You're too important. Around well, no, I wouldn't say that. Busy, ah, busy is different it. than important. But thank you for the compliment. But I will yeah. be back on Monday. Looking forward to seeing you and Marianne again. Yes. Well, that'll be, that's it for us tonight here. Uh, tonight, today, here on the F World. Make sure to watch the races on at nice, beautiful 6 a.m. Uh, in the morning, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Make sure to tune in on Monday, 1 o'clock, 1 to 3, where we break down the race and any sort of the drama and jokes that come out after that. You can always find this. You'll be able to find this episode on our Spotify by just searching up the F World uh, or the F World podcast. It's also a Discord by, via the same name. Also, we have Twitter at, at the F World underscore pod. And make sure to check out our Twitter feed this week, especially because you'll see our lovely sandals. footwear. Yes. yes, our Twitter and our Instagram, which is the F World dot pod, which is the same username as our Gmail. So F World dot pod at Gmail dot com. Please reach out to us. Like, like, subscribe, follow all the stuff. We love it to our homie in Belgium. Thank you for always supporting yours in racing. <laughs>